we bless the name of the Lord um, this hour. Thank God for yet another Sunday to come your way. My name is Mark Albeko and I want to welcome you to times of navigating unusual change. There's a teaching moment and we want to just trust God to get into His Word as His Word has been instructing us and teaching us and leading us. It's wonderful to have you always on this broadcast. It's wonderful to have you listening and sending your feedbacks. I mean, it's just been so good to hear what God is doing in the world with you and through you. So this morning, I'm, I'm going to go into the teaching of God's Word, and I'm going to take off um, on the back of what we've been discussing all this while. We've been, we've been talking about kingdom laws and systems. Kingdom laws and systems. And I'm going to take off on the back of that and begin to talk about principles of system building. Principles of system building. So let's let's get into this conversation this morning. We come back to this song in the background again. Now share this video. Invite somebody to connect to the broadcast because it only gets better every time we gather together to hear the voice of God through this medium. It only gets powerful. It only gets richer. Now, um, all over the world, God is doing something new. All over the world, God is doing something brand new. And he says that before this springs forth, would you not know of them? Would he not announce them to you? Would you not hear them? Would you not experience them? Would you not start dreaming about these things that him, God, he, God is doing in the earth will you not begin to dream about them will you not begin to have encounters of these realities so god is doing something new families are changing nations are changing societies are coming to god rapidly clans and tribes are beginning to see the revelation of god in a manner that they have never seen before now it becomes important that as believers as kingdom people we do not just remain at the place of talk shows or talk shop. Uh, one of the things that is so embarrassing, embarrassing to the people of the kingdom, is that we have we have reserved ourselves to just talking. We see we see things that are wrong, and we just talk. We see things that are going wrong, we just speak. And we have no capacity within us to execute any action um, that brings transformation in the, that landscape. Um, we have we have we, we have become talk 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 talk, and personally, I come from uh, this background where I've seen people criticize systems and criticize people, and they are making absolutely no contribution to making that system change. Now, the very people we end up criticizing and talking about and castigating, and almost as if wanting to destroy what they are involved in and they are building, these people have. At least one, two, three lives changing. They are building facilities and, and creating opportunities and systems to cause things to happen. That said, does not mean that um, as long as their system is and uh, one is support of them, but to be able to deal with the wrong system powerfully is to both after you've spoken up after you've spoken about it, is to go ahead and begin to provide an alternative. The one of the most potent ways of dealing with the wrong is putting in an alternative. So we have become a people who put in no alternative, but we just talk, 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 talk. We are just critics and no capacity to administrate. 
we are just a people that are involved in top shop and paying here lip services without capacity to execute. It is time that we begin to go forward from the place of top talk and become a people that are involved in building and causing things to happen. We pray that the Lord will grant that we become a people that can cause things to happen, can make things to come to pass, can make things to become um, revealable and tangible in the earth. The talk shop must cease. The talk shop must stop because God is doing something brand new. And what he is doing, the kingdom is not in West. Let's begin from that. The kingdom of God is not in West, but it's in power. Power is evident in action. Power is evident in the things that it's, um, um, uh, it does. So we must become a people who are involved in not just talking, but the power to execute. So we can begin to discuss the principles of system building. It is not enough that we will discuss um, systems upon systems upon systems. Um, we can continue to pull out and put side by side. We can continue to take um, um, a, a hold of the systems of the world and the systems that men have built and put it side by side to the word of God and to the system that he, God, requires and have built in the heavens already that we must discover and begin to build same on the earth. We can continue to do that comparison always. However, however, what is the essence of all of this comparison? So having talked about some of the systems that we see in the word of God that ought to become evident in our existence, it becomes important that we begin to deal with um, the principles that govern how these systems are built, how these systems are built. So I'm going to be talking to you about principles of system building. And this is it. It's important that we build what we discover. It's important that we build what we discover. But where does this begin from? It begins from discovery. It begins from certain principles. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, since we are receiving a kingdom, since we are receiving a kingdom, now we're going to go back and begin to talk about the issues of transition, transition from, say, religion into the kingdom, transitioning from um, the environment of church into uh, ecclesia, transitioning from man-made systems into kingdom laws and systems and principles and mannerisms and ways of life. So um, um, the word of God tells us that we are receiving a kingdom. And I want to begin to pull a few principles as as precursors to building kingdom systems and values. Now, life is about values. Everything that we do, uh, we exhibit, is about the values that is contained within. It's about the values that we have imbibed or life is grounded upon within our world. So, um, 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 if you want to know somebody, if you want to discover somebody, and you've not met this person before, within the first five, ten minutes of interacting with the person, you'll begin to see the values that are within the person because um, a forward mouth, a truthful lips, all of those things coming together to reveal the heart of the person, the direction of this person's life. And so, the Bible says that since we are receiving a kingdom, since we are receiving a kingdom, so the first principle we want to 
underscore is the principle of receiving. We can discuss all these principles. And I tell you the truth, um, um, nothing may happen or just about 20% will be delivered. Because we have a system, a church system, that have abandoned everything to the Holy Spirit. Everything is, is, we say, okay, the Holy Spirit will do it. The Holy Spirit will do it. And we have no capacity in us to execute action. So we are we are, we are locked up at a place of talk, 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 talk. We're not moving beyond talking. So we want to move beyond talking and come into full expression of these things. So the first principle is that when the principles of the kingdom of God or the laws of the kingdom of God or the systems of God's kingdom are propounded, it's important that we must begin to embrace those principles. We must begin to look into it. We must begin to examine those principles. We must begin to tie them and bind them to our, our wrists. We must put them on the front legs or the, the doorposts of our houses. We must paste them wherever we are. We must allow those principles to begin to speak to us. In the process of trying to receive these uh, principles and these laws and this system, we must constantly fix it before the front banner. It must be before us. We must, we must be seeing it. We must begin to talk about it. So let the gossip begin. Let this gossip of having conversation concerning what this system is all about begin in our environment. Let's begin to discuss it. The Bible tells us in the book of um, Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says that you shall bind them upon your hands. It says that you shall, you shall discuss them when you walk down the street. You shall talk about them. You shall talk about them when you lie down. You shall, you shall cause this thing to pass on um, to many generations. Let's read chapter 6, chapter 11, sorry, the verse 18 down. It says, Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. The verse 19, you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land in which the Lord want to give to your fathers, to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. My God, there is something about discovering the kingdom laws, systems, and its principle, about going forward to embrace it. And God's, God compares our existence as longevity as the heavens exist above the earth. So the first principle is receiving. In that principle of receiving the kingdom, we must begin to gossip the principle. We must begin to gossip about this principle. We must begin to talk about it with our children. We must begin to discuss it wherever we are. Now, do you know Turkey used to be, um, ancient Turkey used to be that city of breakthrough, Ephesus, right inside the heart of Turkey, used to be that, that nation of great breakthrough where Apostle Paul preached the gospel and everybody in Asia Minor heard the word of God. But do you know the story of Turkey today? You know what it has become? 
today, it has become a pale shadow of that reality of the kingdom. Turkey used to house the biggest um, um, uh, Christian library, if we may say, back then. But all of these things have transitioned into something. There was a generation that rose up who did not discover what was in the heart of their fathers, who did not know what the Lord spoke to their, their fathers, who did not come into that understanding of what God had communicated to their fathers. And so as they came and as societies continued to change and things began to take on new forms, these generation believed and discovered their own laws and their own principles and began to live according to it. And so taking became a pale shadow of that reality of the kingdom. So we will have to receive the word of God. We are in the habit of just listening and walking away. The Bible says that he that listens to the word of God and does not do it is like he who looks into the mirror and sees himself and then walks away and forgets totally about who he is. Because the word of God is constantly revealing us. He's constantly showing us to ourselves. He's constantly revealing our hearts to ourselves. It's constantly making us come into that reality of exactly the definition of what God has made us to be. And so when we see it, we must begin from the point where we begin to talk about it, we begin to gossip about it, we begin to discuss it, we begin to uh, um, um, place it on, on our doors. All around us, we must be surrounded by the Word of God. When you read the book of Proverbs chapter 4, it says that when you lie down, when you arise, when you wake up in the morning, that word that you spend time meditating upon and speaking over will speak with you. Now, there are people who are found, and just to digress a bit from the main thing, there are people who are found themselves in all kinds of habits, and it all boils down to the value system, it all boils down to um, the, the thinking, what they have imbibed and embraced in their thinking and in their ways. But hear the word of the Lord. If you begin to um, 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 and look at the word of God and meditate upon it and think about it, gossip it, talk it to yourself, speak it to yourself, matter it, uh, 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 lift it in, in language and in songs and all, you would come into that reality where this word will be the very first thing that speaks with you when you rise up in the morning. When you are confronted with life's challenges, it will be the very first thing that will jump up. I remember talking to a sister and she said to me, I said, I am amazed. Every time we talk about any situation, you always, I mean, randomly, just when she calls on the phone to discuss anything, there is always a word, a word from the scriptures that answers every aspect of what we discuss. Says, you never talk about any of this without, without pronouncing or quoting a particular scripture. We are not saying that we should become scripture quoting bluster of religion um, and, and, and all, but we are saying that let the word of God richly indwell, indwells us, which will now become the point, the point, the point of call to begin to confront whatever we need to confront and whatever we need to turn away from and we need to change as a system, as a value, and as a law. If the nations of the world will begin to embrace the laws of the kingdom, it will be as a result that they have a man and a woman who is actually a representation of that law. 
They have a man and a woman who have built a business that actually represents that law. They have a man and a woman who have actually built a society, a family, a value system that actually represents the very philosophy and policies and, 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 and positions that are being propounded. If you look across the landscape of the church, even in our country today, some of the things that are prevailing, um, uh, I overheard somebody, I actually saw a video on Facebook where this woman was lambasting and saying, and saying, what does the church contribute to society? And I felt, I, I felt scandalized and I felt appalled. And I wondered what, who does this woman even attend any community? Does she belong to any community, any kingdom community at all? Does she have a leader? Because in a kingdom community, when you enter, you may not readily see who the leader is. But leadership is activated immediately when there are issues and things to be dealt with. This woman spoke as if she is a hidden and has absolutely, absolutely no, has absolutely no relationship to do with anything, anything that relates to God, his kingdom, and the body of Christ. It left me in wonderment and I began to wonder who is her pastor even, even if she attends a church. And then of the truth, yes, some people have, have, have arrogated to themselves the power, the authority in society. I'm talking about church leaders. And, and they become like that don't touch me priest within, um, within a certain village. But listen, the word of God is very clear that the church, the body of Christ, let me, let me even digress a bit. When you go back into history, you will find tons and amounts, amounts of solutions and systems that the body of Christ have provided in changing societies and changing landscape of tribes and cultures and all. Unfortunately, religion has bedeviled what it is today. And so whatever we put out there does not appeal to the world and makes the world to castigate and criticize us and beat us black and blue. If the world is going to shift to um, a group of people, a community of people, and, and indeed say that God is with you, we will go with you and learn your ways and learn your laws and learn your value system, then it's because they have discovered what we have built, what we have become, what our marriages look like, what our children look like. The success that we have is not born out of the fact that we would have taken our children to the best of schools and, and would have taken them to attend the best of schools outside the country and they would have, they would have lived outside the, the developed world as, as is regarded and would have would have had the best opportunity in societies. Our success, our success as believers stands at this point when our children do not live in wonderment of what we have believed in God and the kingdom, and we have actually lived it and exhibited it, and they have embraced it to carry it to the next level. Remember the story that I shared briefly about Turkey. That Turkey used to be um, um, a hub of Christianity. It used to house the, the biggest, the largest Christian library in the world. Turkey used to be the place where Apostle Paul spoke the word of God and the Bible says that um, everybody in Asia Minor heard the word of God and the, the, the prince, the princess 
that was in the air, Diana, was overthrown and there was a massive breakthrough. And the word of God ran swiftly and prevailed across the entire Asia Minor. But today, Turkey is a pale shadow of Israel. So our success does not lie in the fact that we have a generation coming who have the best of education, who have the best in society, the best of opportunities, but are clueless how life is structured are clueless about the values the values placed upon human life they do not know how to treat human beings they do not embrace the things that we have embraced in god and continue to there's a generation for example out of america who are telling their fathers and mothers wondering why they speak in tongues because they absolutely do not understand this culture of the kingdom our success does not lie in the fact that we have given our children the best but that we have brought them to embrace the fact that there is a God and his ways and his standards actually represent the way society ought to be, ought to be built. Therefore, that is the basis upon which men of this world will begin to troop and begin to ask, who are these people? Teach us your ways. We want to know your God. We want to embrace your God. So the first principle is that as we teach about kingdom laws and principles, we have to embrace it. We have to receive it. Now, that word received in the New Testament is lambado. Lambado is a Greek word. Lambano is a Greek word. That word means that to pull onto oneself. It means to pull onto oneself. It means to lay hold, to lay hold, possess it as of, as of pressing into a thing. We must begin to press into the kingdom. We continue to leave the word of God at the junction at which it's presented to us. And so we say, okay, so the Holy Spirit will do the rest. The Holy Ghost will move, and the Holy Ghost will move, and the Holy Ghost will do this, and the Holy Ghost will do that. I remember several years ago, a man of God made this comment jokingly, without any prejudice to anybody. He said, this carry, carry, this charismatic thing, this carry, carry, very soon the wind will carry them somewhere we do not know. No, we do not leave this in at the doorsteps of the Holy Spirit to say, yes, the Holy Spirit will do it, and therefore, we will just be in waiting, and then one day it will happen. And that has been the way a lot of believers have lived, and we have no execution capacity and power. It is time that when the laws and the systems of the kingdom of God are discovered, we must begin to lampano it. We must begin to possess it. We must begin to press into them. We must begin to lay hold of them regarding, regardless of the opposing persuasive sways and, and pervasiveness of religion that is in our environment. You know, there is a very strong pervasiveness of religion in our environment that if you want to become another, you want to become just an, an unconformist, you want to become one that is completely disassociated from the order of the day. There is this persuasive pervadedness of religion and, and, and each trends of standards around us that continue to seek to press this up upon you, persuade you, and drag you in and suck you into that vortex of doing. I give you an example. In looking at kingdom laws and systems and even the principle of sanction, Today, many people will assume that for one to be able to arise, uh, to rise up and fulfill your call, you must definitely locate somebody out there who has gone ahead and has made a name 
and you attach yourself to. Now the point is this: that I'm not against sonship, but I'm totally against the the the, the whole idea of looking for someone who has made a name so you can associate yourself with that person so that you can rise up quickly because he's made a name and if you put that person on your banner people will attend your meeting if you put that person or if you're on a banner with that person you begin to gain recognition they will say yes he is right there he's rising to the top but many of these people who are trying to associate themselves with men who have gained recognition and names and have paid a price in their day to rise up to wherever they are uh, 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 are not willing to pay the price it takes to rise up. Listen, men and women of great stature are not made in a day. So you find this value system of the world making people run right, making people run, run a helter skater, looking, looking for. You cannot buy a father. You cannot buy a spiritual father. You cannot be bargain for a spiritual father. You would have to allow God to connect and link you and order yourself into such relationships. There's something called kingdom relationships. Relationships that God has placed in the pathway of your destiny and your call. And those relationships ought to be discovered and ought to be built, and they are not built just in a day. So we have a whole bunch of a whole bunch of emerging generations who are becoming a cartoon image of another. So they are beginning to talk like this man, this woman. They are beginning to behave dressed like this woman. They are beginning to um, have him on their posters and flyers and banners. They are. They, they seem to be this competition to gain recognition and be known. That does not conform to the kingdom. They, 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 there is this. There is this greed and seeking and seeking and we are never arriving at who we are we 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 are claiming we are claiming and say god i am and we are never becoming who we are it is time that we begin to press indeed into the kingdom that word receive since we are receiving since we are receiving lambano it means to carry off by force to lay hold of the thing and carry it off by force we have to discover ways to press into the word of God. You know, there's something called pornography. There's something called pornography. What is it? It is, it is, it is about, it's about um, um, uh, pictures and movement of, uh, of pictures. Now, it is about time that we discover something I call word graphy. That we begin to graphically allow the word of God to imprint itself in our understanding, imprint itself in our hearts, so that we will be able to live that word. So that we must begin to create mental pictures of this word. We must begin to carry off the word by force. When this word of system laws, for example, system laws concerning rest, system laws concerning rest, system laws concerning health, and healthy, healthy, healthy eating, you cannot just sit and this will arrive at you. You must put yourself into rest. Jesus Christ told the disciples, he said, let's go to the other side that we may rest, that we can rest. You must begin to design the conditions and the principles and the ways and the laws around you that will allow you to take that rest that you need so that you do not break down. We had story, we had story of this great young man of God who kept pressing on and pressing on. One day he had this vision in which he discovered that he was riding, he was riding a horse and the horse became so exhausted and collapsed under him. And uh, he came out of this dream 
and began to wonder what it was. And as he sought the Lord, the Lord began to talk to him. The Lord began to talk to him that, listen, um, that horse that you ride it, it is you. And it is you who is riding your own self beyond measure and beyond capacity. If you do not stop in this track, if you do not begin to catch yourself and take rest and, and, and let me add it properly, and bring the set of conditions around you, you're going to die. You're going to die. There's another man of God who actually um, he's, he's, he's gone into glory right now. In one of his book, books he wrote and he, I overheard him in a video where he talked about the story himself that um, he had this vision and a generator that was running and had no wires and cables connected to it and linking power out. And uh, the Lord told him that that was his life. He was constantly running. He was constantly running. I mean, running, running, running as to having meetings, meetings upon meetings, traveling for months upon months, running meetings a day for hours upon hours. And one day he, he actually had a heart attack. And, and to the glory of God, he got resuscitated. And the Lord began to show to him that this is his life. And if he do not take good care of himself, he's going to pass on. So these laws do not just arrive at us. We have to lambano them. We have to embrace them. We have to take them by force. That word means to snatch away. Therefore, as these principles are coming to you, you must begin to press into it because it will not just happen. You must press into it, snatch it away, plunder it and possess it. I hate lazy Christianity. Today's Christianity has become of me. Me, I, I, what I will get and what I must receive, what uh, God has for me without us coming to God and asking, what is it that you would want me to do for you? And God is saying, embrace my word. God is saying, develop systems, design systems and laws around you that allows you to press into the word of God. What may work for me in the manner in which I embrace the word of God, the matrices that may work for me may not work for you. You must, you must develop, for example, a principle of hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God again and again and again. We hear it once and we walk away. Go back, listen to this teaching, listen to it over and over again. That teaching of yesterday and months gone by, arrange them, have a plan, have a matrix, go into it, read a book concerning the subject, that, that subject, press into it, make some notes, write them, speak them to yourself, call them, speak them over yourself, talk about it with friends, design it around you, let this thing continue to speak to you wherever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself. Kingdom laws and systems. Principles of system building. And I'm just doing an introduction today. And in the days coming, I trust that God will give me grace to be able to unpack and unfold some of the laws. Since we are receiving a kingdom, we have to receive the laws and the systems. It's, that's what we see. Also means, also means being able to plunder. You need to plunder. We need to get into the very thing that is taught. We need to be like the Berean Christians. We need to, we don't need to just whisk it away, wish it away, but we need to get in and involve ourselves much more and discover. Now I'm going to read a scripture in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And on that basis, 
we can end the conversation um, this morning. Mark chapter 2. In the Mark chapter 2 is a story. It's a story about Jesus Christ living in his own house. Many people do not know Jesus had his own house. He had a house, but he had a ministry that was, was carrying him around. So Jesus was living in those in his own house, and a group of people were reaching out to him. And we want to look at the principles of pressing into the kingdom. We want to look at the principle of pressing into the law, the law and the systems of God. I said from the beginning of this teaching this morning that I am weary of the talk shop. We just talk, talk, talk. We do not have a system to execute. So you put an average believer on a project with an unbeliever, they all went to the same school. They all went through the same course program. They perhaps all had first degrees. And they perhaps all had, maybe even the believer would have even had um, um, excellent honors. You put this believer with an unbeliever on a project. Many a times the unbelievers tend to outperform the, unbeliever, uh, uh, the, the believers. And it leaves me in a place of wonderment. As this morning I began to consider Daniel. I, I look at Daniel. The Bible tells us that these children were fed with vegetables. And after the period of time, they were ten times better. They were endued with wisdom, capacity, than the unbelievers, the people of the world around them. We have the Holy Spirit. We are kingdom life. We are kingdom people. The ways of the kingdom are our ways. They are our default. We defer to that always when we talk, when we live, and whatever we do. Our marriages defer to that. Our children defer to that. Um, even in a society that is churned out without a moral compass, we continue to stand in a very pristine manner to exalt the word of the Lord and his kingdom. However, when you put a believer on a project, you find the unbeliever outperforming them. Leaving us in a very scandalous situation, and and we could we could in Ghana, for example, like I said, I had a woman who is saying, "What does the church contribute to our society? What a scandalous statement! What a blind blind statement! Blind statement to make! What a mundane myopic sight of of a comment! The body of Christ." needs to begin to wear its own true reality and definition in God by living indeed at the very presence of what God has ordained it to be. If not, we'll become a pale shadow of who we are. We'll build houses, we'll build companies, we'll build all kinds of things, but our impact is limited because we are not seeing the transformation. The woman even said, "With our problems have never changed and continues to be. Our problems have never changed. I think the Norwegian press, the Norway, Norwegian, Norwegian ambassador to Ghana ever made a comment that the Ghanaian society is about 70% Christian, but the level of corruption he has seen, my God, the level of corruption he has seen. So we have the word of God and we are not pressing into it. We are not embracing it. We are not doing it. We are leaving it at the junction of the Holy Spirit. We broke it. So we go into a meeting, we hear the word of God, we check out and we have totally forgotten about it. There is no mechanism designed around us to allow that word to be gained, to become flesh. John chapter 1, 
the Bible tells us that the word became flesh and dwelt among men. And let, let's go back to that before I go into, into Mark, Mark chapter 1, uh, chapter 2. Listen, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt. There's something about it I want us to see. How would the nation see if we do not lambano the word of God? We do not plunder. We do not, we do not empty the word of God of its full content. And allow that word to become a thing that is nebulous, lost in, in a certain realm of, of, of lack of visibility, suddenly gaining visibility and becoming palpable, tangible, that men can touch. It must be represented in our lives and the way in which we do things, and something breaks upon humanity. It says that, it says that. Um, in the verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, just, just behold this lofty sight of who the word of God is. He was God. He dwelt with God. He was in the beginning with God. And when we talk about the beginning, we are not talking about Genesis chapter 1. We are talking about an eternal beginning. An eternal beginning, which is to say, is beyond time. It is not. It is not one. It's not two. It's not three. And it's an eternal beginning where the self-existent great I am dwell. This is the nature of the word of God. Listen. It says, "All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made." All things, all things were made. So we are seeing visibility. We are seeing things of nebulous, lost intangible nature gaining tangibility in the realms of man you can read hebrews chapter 11 the verse 3 you can read colossians chapter 1 the verse 15 down you still continue to see the evidence of those words but something happened in the verse 14 it says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten son of the father full of grace and mercy the world around us will not continue to just be there be hearing kingdom laws and systems and we are happy that we have we, we, we have high and lofty revelation of God and understanding of God and we make a boast of all of these things and we build nothing society. Look, I come back from a background where I have seen criticism upon criticism and, 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 and these men build nothing. They build nothing but they just criticize it and criticize it, offering no alternative. And so yesterday, for example, I was telling some friends on Facebook, I said, you guys cannot continue to just sit there and be criticizing and criticizing and criticizing and criticizing and criticizing. Somebody is running a, a, a prophetic school and his, his topics are all churned out, out without biblical quality and continuity. And all we sat there doing, we criticize and criticize and criticize and criticize. And none of the people criticizing have ever even put out anything there to offer an alternative to the world and say there is something better than that religious thing that you are pursuing. It is time to begin to build according to the design of the word of God in its lost nature. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come with the same intensity, the same power, the same backing, the same resources, the same opportunity, the same flow, the same, the same thing of God as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. We need to enter into that place. If not, we can discuss all the risks about kingdom laws and systems. And when we are done, 
we will only achieve 20%. Listen, there is more working out against the word of God gaining access into your life than more giving energy to that word to become evident. Go read through the parable of, of the sea sower. Jesus said, a sower went to sow. And this was throughout sea. And the sea was scattered in the world. And what happened? Bears came to gobble it. The others fell by the roadside and trampled down by men. Some fell among thorns. If you take 100%, the CD 100%, you are actually seeing about 75% going down the drain. By the roadside, trampled down. In the thorns, choked by the vicissitudes and the challenges and the persuasions of life. Three, the best of the earth, Satan, comes to snatch it away. That is why we must press into the word. We must not leave it at the junction of the Holy Spirit. will do it after it is taught. That is why there are ministries today that people do not want to be part because it becomes a place of responsibility. When you go, you will be demanded to leave that word. That's your kingdom come. Let the kingdom come with the same intensity in our hearts, in our minds, in our families. We must begin to think of ways. How do I make this word evident? And it says that we beheld his glory. How would the world see his glory? The word became flesh. How would the world see the glory of the only begotten son? The word, the word became flesh. How would the world see the glory of the only begotten son, full of grace and truth? The, the ability to be able to correct things is truth. The ability of a lofty standard by which everything must measure is called truth. The ability of this thing that has not changed and will continue to stand in the face of men is called truth. And this revelation of the word of God becoming evident flows with a certain grace. How will the world step into truth, the standards of the kingdom of God, and embrace the grace that is able to give them impetus, ability to run forward and cause this word to become, if it has not become flesh, if it has not become evident in my life and in our world. May God give us the grace required to live his word. Now, so this man went to Jesus Christ um, in Mark chapter 2. Let me just quickly read it. And extract maybe one, one or two principles. And then I'm done. Mark chapter 2. Listen. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. It means that it's a house he's always found himself in. Jesus got a place of his own. It was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no, there was no longer room. To receive them so the whole place was filled up his little room perhaps was occupied his huge hall was all filled the compound was all covered with men look at the condition look at the condition everything seems to work out in a manner that this story that is going to follow the people involved may not be able to get to him the verse 3 then they then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. We need that principle explored. Four men. Four men. 
We need this principle of the prophetic explore. We need this principle of the prophetic explore. That is that will be able to bring us into the revelation of Christ. Four men carrying this weak paralytic man who has no capacity to go by himself. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there, reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemous like this? Who can give sin? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things which are in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go. To your house and immediately he arose took up his bed and went out of the presence of them all so that so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying um, saying uh, uh, we have never seen this thing before I just want to extract maybe one or two principles that I've done the principle here we see the crowd all guarded we see the doorway barricaded we see the inability to reach the depth of what is taught. Sometimes, sometimes, when the word of God is taught, people consider them to be too high, this is too deep, I can't get at it. Please, look at this paralytic man and get the four helpers. The four helpers. The four helpers can mean several things. Can mean systems. Can mean, can mean your own uh, way and mechanisms designed to discover God. Um, uh, can, uh, can mean the help of the Holy Spirit. The four helpers speak. The number four speaks of the prophetic. The prophetic has an ability. You know, there are two powerful revelatory ministries in Scripture. Two powerful revelatory ministries in Scripture. The prophetic and the apostolic. These are the ministries that seem to bear the hallmark of one of the hallmarks that characterize them is the spirit of knowledge. They, are, they, they have the ability to know the will and the ways of God. So there is a need that you begin to cultivate um, um, relationships within the prophetic equation and apostolic equation. That will be able to allow you to begin to walk in revelatory capacity. Because, look, life is by entrance. The entrance of revelation. It's not an entrance of knowledge, academic books and all. It's not about that. It's about revelation. It's about knowing. It's about uncovering things. It's about the things of darkness being exposed. Look at Nebuchadnezzar sitting very lofty and high upon the empire, the highest empire on the earth at the time. But we'll have a dream and we'll never know. Look at Pharaoh. We'll have a dream and we'll never understand. Look at Belshazzar, the son of Nebuchadnezzar. He will discover a dream. He will see a writing on the wall and he has absolutely no understanding. Life is by entrance of revelation. Look at Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, the Bible says that this Daniel, when he was filled with the spirit, with the spirit, just, just let me read it, let me read it. Life is by entrance, entrance of revelation knowledge. 
and understanding, not by academic learning, not by the money in your pocket, not by the opportunities you have. Entrance is by revelation. Apostle Paul, when he had visited the church in Ephesus, he says that when I heard of your faith in the Lord and your love for the saints, that was not enough. He says that I pray for you always to the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of your calling, what are the glorious riches of your inheritance in the saints, what is the working of his mighty power towards us who have believed. The same power which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. Listen, life is by entrance, the entrance of revelation, not academic learning. Look, it is time. The value that we place on revelation, the value that we place on sight, our ability to see, the value we place on that will allow the measure, the measure of which Christ will be disposed to us and unveiled to us. The value, the value, the, the, the measure of importance you place on seeing, hearing, understanding will determine how God will be disposed to you. Like blind materials, we must begin to cry out, Oh, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And they stop him, they shut him down, keep quiet. Don't you know he's a dignified man? Who is the son of David you are calling upon? Son of David, have mercy on me. The Pharisees, the top officials, all of these great men were standing in the land. Nobody had a discovery of whom the revelation of the Messiah, the son of David, was but a blind man whom was was blind was screaming son of david have mercy on me and the very men that were stopping him when jesus stopped and says bring him to me the same man took him and the bible says he threw away his piece of cloth and ran and he was held and he moved towards christ and he gave him sight the value that we place on seeing will determine the value and the and the and the, the amount or amount at which God will be disposed towards us. We must begin to press in. We must begin to press in. We must begin to cry out. We must get into a three-day fast. God, open my eyes that I may see. We must get into a twenty-one-day fast. God, open my eyes that I can see. When I hear people criticizing, why are these people standing throughout the night and praying and calling on God? Why are these people hiding in the forest and praying that they will see visions? Listen, the value that you place on it, the importance that you place on it, God will run to you. Listen, before I read Daniel, let me go to Isaiah chapter 2. I said I was ending, but there is, there is, there is an inferno that is erupted in my heart. Let me go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 2. Listen. It says in the verse 3, the eyes of those who see will continue to, will not dim. Another translation, the NIV says, the eyes of those who see will continue to see, and the ears of those who hear will continue to hear. Also, the heart that rushes will gain understanding. Another translation says, the heart that rushes for knowledge will gain understand knowledge, and the tongue that stammers will be ready to speak plainly this is a secret this is the secret this is a secret the secret is hunger we must press in these people they were brutal they were ruthless they took the man they went somebody's house jesus's house they removed the entire roof and they 
deep, they, 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 they sent the man's bed down into the midst of the gathering. I mean, they could have been sued, they could have been taken to the police, they could have been arrested, they could have been beaten, called all kinds of names, but they pull off the roof. Begin to pull off the roof of your thinking. That's, a, that's another mystery there. Pull off the roof, the roof, the roof of your thinking. You, it is time that we begin to break everything that barricades us. I mean, sometimes you are pressing into a truth and there is this feeling that don't go, don't go beyond this. It is time to break the barriers. It is time to break the barriers. It is time to break the barriers. Listen, I may have to stop. I may have to stop here because my time is already gone. I may have to stop here. I may have to stop here. Listen, we pick it from next week. Principles of building systems. Sometimes life is chaotic. Life is all messed up. Disorganized. Not well arranged. Like files in an office, scattered and thrown everywhere. Act files not labeled properly. So nobody knows what exactly is within that act file. Life must begin to be rearranged and reorganized. Life must begin to be rearranged and reorganized. I'm going to be talking from tomorrow, uh, from, from next, next meeting, that we must begin to rearrange life. And that leads us. To a place where we can build systems and laws that the world will behold and begin to chase after us. So, this is what Daniel has to say to us. Look at Daniel. Life is not about the entrance. Entrance that comes by books and learning and opportunities and I have this relationship, I know this person, I don't know this person. No, 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 no. Life is about knowing the Lord. If any man have any books, the book of Jeremiah chapter 9, if you have any books, it's not the amount of money. It says, let him that boast, boast that he knows the Lord. Let him that have any boast, let him boast that he knows the Lord. We have a bunch of generation today who are just seeking one miracle or the other. They attend a meeting without yielding their heart to be transformed. How can that miracle happen? It saddens my heart when I stand in meetings and... And the grace of God upon me begin to allow me to begin to discern and know the hearts of men. And somebody told me, he said, I'm just attending this meeting. The minute I get my breakthrough, I'm gone. I'll never be there again. What a sad and scandalous statement to make concerning your own life and destiny. Look at it, Daniel, the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. My God. In the verse 17. It says, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skills in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. But do you realize that this Daniel, when you read, when you read from the verse 4 down, this Daniel and his friends actually went to the educational system of Babylon. We all went for the same degree, the same masters, the same PhDs. We all went to the same training. We all attend the same school, the same educational system that governs us. Wherever you are, it's the same educational system. But these guys were informed by a certain educational system. It is called the kingdom of God. 
but these four God gave them. God bless you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you and I will begin to step into the capacity of revelation. Now we begin to pull the relationships that are required to cause us to walk in the ways of God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that the Holy Spirit will give you understanding in the very things that we will discuss. God bless you for being on all this. Shoba, God, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the call very early hours of the morning. So God bless you. The value of seeing. The value of seeing is actually locked up in the fact that we place value on that seeing. If we do not place any value on it, come on. The capacity for revelation will elude us. Revelation is a thing. Look across the earth. The man who knows what Israel ought to do, knew, understand the times and season. First Chronicles chapter 12, 32. Of the sons of Issachar who understood the time and season, what Israel ought to do. Friends, that is the secret. We need revelation. We need abundance of revelation. Lord, open our eyes to see. Lord, open our ears to hear. Lord, give us capacity to dream. Lord, give us capacity to know. Lord, give us a hunger for the eyes that see will continue to see. The ears that hear will continue to hear. The heart that rushes for knowledge will gain understanding. Lord, give us a heart that hunger and thirst for you, regardless of wherever we find ourselves. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have put this at the position of an offered provision to us. We embrace it in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. Amen. Friends, God bless you. It's good to uh, uh, finish today's phone. And this evening, Basilia Lucius will meet at 4.30. Um, Shoba and friends who are online, we are doing everything possible to, to connect the, the broadcast to Facebook. And I'm hoping maybe the team will be able to be successful today and that that broadcast will be on Facebook um, starting from today. So God bless you all. Those of us who are out, who are, who are here in Ghana, I want to take this opportunity to invite you to join us at the White House building on the first floor of Tema Community 9, opposite the Satellite Hotel. We are meeting at 4.30 this evening, and today we have a guest speaker, a very dear friend of mine, who also moves in the prophetic and has a very solid teaching capacity upon his life. He called himself a boy of God. So I look forward to seeing you. Um, if you are available on Zoom, we'll put a link out there. And it's one single link we are using throughout these 21 days. Um, um, and so if you've come across that link on our platform on Facebook, um, on WhatsApp, please, you can batch in and feel free. Thank you. God bless you. And it is bye-bye for now. Thank you. Bless God this morning. We come before you. And Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. This morning, as we get into your word. Friends, I want to welcome you to Times of Navigating Unusual Change. This is Mark Agreco. I'm your host. And this morning, we want to continue the word of God, even though we're behind time. We continue to be saddled with some technical challenges, but here we are. We've come through with it. So, invite somebody to connect to this broadcast uh, this morning, and maybe afternoon, maybe midnight, uh, wherever you are. So, I want to get into the Word of God right away, and let's spend about some 20 to 30 minutes looking at 
the word of God, what God has for us. Let's spend some 20 to 30 minutes to see what God has for us. We've been talking about kingdom laws and systems. And last week we jumped into discussing principles of system building. And we started doing the introduction bit. Today I'm going to um, finish up with the introduction. And then next week I pull back and begin to look clearly at principles of system buildings principles by which we can begin to build systems last week we did say that we have become a bunch of people who are just into talks we just talk we pay, we pay mere lip service to to things but we are unable to build we are unable to go beyond the capacity of speaking and that is very detrimental that is scandalous because when you look at our god our god is a god of action um, his kingdom is evidence in things that are made manifest even though there are things invisible but even the things invisible when you look at the book of colossians tend to be very tangible in the book of hebrews 11 the verse 3 says that for by faith we understand for by faith we understand that this world were crafted so there is a there is a very visible palpable tangible dimension to the kingdom that we as a kingdom people will have to begin to embrace rather than just pay mere lip service so last week we did talk about how it's important that we truly receive the kingdom in receiving the kingdom we are discussing the issue of making it evident or the issue of pressing into the kingdom pressing into the kingdom that our faith has to be a faith that is evident, not a faith that is nebulous. So we are moving away from that thing that is lost, um, that is nebulous, that is intangible, and we are stepping into that which is evidence, a life of evidence. So today, I want to continue and deal with some key principles that relates to receptivity of the kingdom or pressing into the kingdom. If we have to press into the kingdom, it becomes important that there are certain components, certain important aspects of the kingdom that we must begin to walk in. And if we're going to truly see the power of God, the kingdom of God come, um, your will be done as it is in heaven. It becomes important um, that we truly begin to embrace the word of God at a certain level. We begin to make the necessary transitions um, into the kingdom truly the way in which God wants it to, to be. We cannot just talk about it, but we have to build it. We cannot just talk about it, but we have to live it. We cannot just critique it, but we have to become what exactly it is. That is where the power of God is. The world will only be attracted to our God when they see that transformation with us, when they see the evidence in the kind of business we build. When they see the evidence in the kind of family and children we raise, when they see the evidence in the manner in which we as believers get to relate to one another. So let's begin to deal with this today. And in just some few minutes, God will help us so that we can draw the curtain on it. So let's start with this statement that introduced us um, as a follow-up to last week's conversation. Receptivity of the kingdom, stepping into the kingdom, making the kingdom tangible is not permitted or bound up in the power of self-life or the self-principle. It's not 
permitted at the point of I am matured. It's not permitted at the point of I can see and therefore I am seen. The kingdom of God, entrance into the kingdom of God, it is required, number one, and let's begin to deal with the principles. Number one, it is required that we move from the place of self-life. We move from the place of self-life to the place of death. That all of our, our earthbound life, all of that which is this infusion of self-life, I am, I am, me, me, all of those things must die. The kingdom of God is not permitted at the point of your life, at the point of self-life, at the point of maturity. It, it means that my life, your life, will have to become subsidiant, will have to die so that the life of God will spring forth. Jesus gave a parable. It says that except a corn, a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. So if we're going to see newness of life, if we're going to see the emergence of the true understanding of the kingdom, we must begin to allow the dimension of God's life to enter into our world and squash every contrary life that is in us, that is not consistent with the very life of God. That is not consistent with the very wisdom of God. That is not consistent with the very ways of God. So the kingdom of God is not permitted at the point of self-life, but is permitted at the point of our death and dying. If I, if I make reference to death and dying, then I'm making a reference to our ability to die to self. God has great joy. God has great delight in the fact that we die to self and allow his life to emerge through us so that he can make himself evident. The world has no any other picture, no any other Bible to read than the Bible of your life, this transformed life. So um, let's look at Luke chapter Luke chapter 9. Let's look at Luke chapter 9. Let's look at Luke chapter 9, the verses 23 and 24. Luke chapter 9, the verses 23 and 24. And let's see what the Word of God has for us. Luke chapter 9, the verses 23 and 24. Remember, we said Jesus said, except a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. And we are working our way towards discussing the principles of system buildings. If you look at somebody's life, and his whole life is in disarray, he's unable to set one goal in front of him and achieve it. He's unable to build this discovery of the kingdom. So we are left at talk, 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 talk. And there's too much talk, too much shouting, too much criticism and inability to make evident the very things that we believe we have seen in God. We need to move away. It is becoming disheartening that we continue to stand at a junction of talking and mere lip service. Uh, it is becoming important that we step truly into a life that is evident, that is evident. A life that is tangible, a life that can be experienced. Kingdom laws and systems discovered 
can be replicated. It can be replicated in our legal system, can be re replicated in health system, can be replicated in educational system, can be replicated in our leadership structures within our organizations. Kingdom laws and systems is actually what it is. It must be followed and built. So in discussing the principles of pressing into the kingdom, we're saying that the receptivity of the kingdom is never at the, uh, the permitted or is never permitted or bound up in self-life. Therefore, we have to move from self-life to death. Luke chapter 9, the verse 23-24. It says, Then he said to them all, Then he said to them all, Them all will mean, including you and I, If anyone desires to come after me, If anyone desires to press into the kingdom, If anyone desires to have this life as an evidence, If anyone desires to represent me, to walk after me, if anyone desires to come under my influence, to be influenced and led and directed by me, if anyone desires to keep in tandem with me, to keep in step with my walk and my ways, it says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You see how beautiful it is. You lose this self-life for his sake. There is a certain life that is saved, that is made evident. And that life we will describe as the kingdom laws and systems. Principles that must lead us to make evident what we discover in God in this earth. That is the essence of this born-again life. It is not to run and quickly enter into heaven, but it is to bring impact. If anyone desires to come under my influence, to be led by me, and to be taught by me, and to represent me, then he must deny himself. He must cease from saving his life. He must cease from living in the self-preserving power of self-life. In in Psalms 116, the verse 15, listen to what it says. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So it's a good day to die. It's, it's joyful to die in him. It's joyful to give up the self-life and to inherit the life of the kingdom. It's joyful to give up all of our our ideas and our philosophy and ideologies and, and whatnot. It is joyful to let go so that you can receive. You cannot receive from him if you continue to live in this self-preserving capacity. It says, except a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Let's look at the second principle. The second principle, like we said, the kingdom of God is not bound up in self-life, but is bound up in moving from self-life into death. The second principle is that the kingdom of God is not bound up in your maturity, but is bound up in childlikeness. It's bound up in childlikeness. So we have to move from maturity to childlikeness. We are pressing into the kingdom. It must be evidence. We are seeking the kingdom. We must build it. Your will be done. It says your kingdom come. Your will be done 
as it is in heaven on this earth. And what it means is that with the same power, with the same grace, the same intensity, the same resources, the same opportunities that the kingdom of God has in the heavens, that same opportunity, that same evidence, that same grace and power must be made evident on this side of life. So the kingdom of God is never bound up in, I am matured, I have arrived. Immediately we begin to say, I have arrived. That is when we begin to lose it. We must move from this self-preserving maturity and step into childlikeness. Then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, the verse 3, Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless, underline that, unless, unless, unless you are converted, un unless you move from, you go through the transformation, unless you are converted, unless you make a U-turn, unless you live that life that become evident of the change, unless you are converted and become and become i mean this is actually a doing life not 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 a camouflage not a facade not a put on unless you are converted and become as a little child you will by no means enter into the kingdom so if we're going to be building kingdom laws and systems we must begin to move from that place of our self maturity and step into the maturity of Christ, which is childlikeness. Unless you are converted and become a little child, you will by no means enter into the kingdom. Now, unless you become converted and become a little child, let's begin to analyze it. To, to, um, there is a need that for us to engage an intelligent reset or a kingdom detox process of unlearning everything we have learned. We have, to, we have to be able to hold dear the capacity to unlearn everything we have learned that is giving us this self-preserving maturity. That is preventing us from actually seeing exactly the dimensions of the kingdom, laws and systems and building it. It says that on, before we can engage intelligently this process of unlearning, um, we need to hold this principle in a good way that you move from maturity to childlikeness. To convert is to unlearn all fossilized self principles and ideologies. To convert means we must unlearn. We must unlearn all fossilized self principles and ideologies, traditions, culture. And what religion has taught us and the thinking and, and, and the, 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 the thinking and, and the conclusions that we have made concerning the kingdom that are not consistent with the kingdom. If we are going to build the kingdom on this side, then we must press into the kingdom. If we're going to press into the kingdom, then we must convert from maturity to childlikeness. It, it, that is the place where life is. That is the place where the, 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 the intimacy of the Lord is. That is the place where the revelation... Listen, in the book of Luke chapter 12, the verse 32, there is something very interesting there said concerning the child. It said, 
It said, look, it said as a children, do not be, do not be, do not be afraid. Do not let your heart trouble you for it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And that is a place we'll be able to experience the kingdom if we do not become like a little child. To, to convert means to bear a renewed mind, to bear a renewed mind and engage a brand new process that is never consistent with your previous state. You are engaging a brand new process that is never consistent with your previous state, the previous state of maturity. Or we can also say the previous state, because childlikeness in God is maturity in God. But childlikeness in this fossilized self ideology is actually childlikeness in this fossilized life and ideology is no maturity in God at all. So we have to move into the maturity of God that is childlikeness. That is a place of I am learning from the Lord anew. That is a place of I'm setting behind my ideologies. Uh, that is a place of I'm rising from this childishness in my walk with God and stepping into the capacity and learning from the Lord and having intimacy with God. We must begin to engage a new process. Peter's first encounter of the kingdom. If you look at Peter's first encounter of the kingdom, um, he was a fisherman. So since fishermen do not go fishing in a sunny day, look at this very principle carefully. Since fishermen do not go fishing on a sunny day or during the day, Jesus' kingdom instruction was totally opposed to the tradition of the fishermen. So look at Peter who was a fisherman, who knows how to fish, an expert fisherman, who knows what time to be able to go to sea and find fish. He knows the signs and the colors of the weather. He knows when to respond and when not to respond. Jesus' instruction to him and his team to cast out their net was not going to be something that Peter would embrace. But Peter has to dethrone himself from the place of his maturity and step into that childlikeness in God that is called maturity in God. So since fishermen do not go fishing in a sunny day, or during the day, Jesus' instruction, kingdom instruction, was totally opposed to the instruction of the fishermen. But when Peter complied, the result was unimaginable results. Unimaginable results. When we move from maturity as we know it, in this self-preserving life and self-preserving force, when we move from that maturity as we know it, people not maturing the things of God, still remaining a nappy and baby stage in the things of God and not stepping into the core areas and, and believing God and actualizing their belief in God and their faith becoming evident. When we move all of this, move from all of these positions into the maturity in God, the results become unimaginable. Little children, the child therefore has these characteristics. Let's look at them. The principle of vulnerability. The principle of vulnerability. Every child seems not to have the capacity to protect himself or herself. And therefore, the, 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 the trust for protection is on a guardian or somebody of a higher authority or a father or a mother. If we become little children, then we are actually stepping into the capacity of trust 
that we can only do what we are able to do because he God is God and he's able to provide us the ideas and the wisdom and the know-how and the capacity and the, and the, the engineering the ability to do and the resources to be able to build this kingdom laws and systems if we actually become children in him we are actually throwing dependence on him that is the one who is able to protect us number two innocence and a blank slate every child every child has has or is characterized by this innocence we want to walk in that place of innocence not knowing and trusting god for knowledge and understanding we want to be like blank slates that he can write on he can write on at any time any ideas and any philosophy of the kingdom so that we children can become you realize children actually go through the process and becoming um, it is it is said that from age zero when a child is born when a child is born from age zero to um is it age five i don't i've lost the numbers um to age five or so his life is defined by things that happen to him or her in the womb and 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 the things that he begins to observe as he grows i think to age four or so then the brain shuts and begins to formulate and begins to pick certain principles and begins to actualize them then after a certain period of time the brain opens again and begin to pick up the stuff from the environment so that this child can be can be defined we want to be a blank slate and we want to say father you can write on us at every given point in time so that it will not be by the laws and the systems of the country and the nations and the company, the environments that we have been raised in. Because when a child becomes born again, when we become born again, you get it now? When we become born again, we are born into a family. We are born into a kingdom. And when we are born into the kingdom, the environment of the kingdom, the laws of the kingdom, the culture of the place, the behavior of the place begins to define us. We want to live our hearts and our minds and our, 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 our every aspect of our being and say, Lord, you can write on us again so that as little children, having formulated ideas from this environment of your rewiring, then we can begin to live it. Kingdom laws and systems. Every child is characterized by incompetence, inexperience. Incompetence and inexperience. Every child has no capacity of dexterity. We want to trust God that he will empower us to be able to become, become sharp, become smart, become competent. We want to throw our hand into his hand like the master's hand, the master craftsman, to hold our hand to define things and draw out the shape of the laws, the systems, the businesses that we ought to be. We want to throw total dependence. That does not mean there's any action on our part, but we are living and holding ourselves in a place of trust. Every child. Every child is characterized by the sense of godliness. Every child moving from maturity to childlikeness. Every child is characterized by the sense of godliness. We want to walk in that, that purity, that holiness, that, that, that complete giving to a life of purity is necessary. 
Every child is full of desire and hunger for the sincere and the pure unadulterated milk, the word of the kingdom. Every child is hungry. Every child is always reaching out. I, by God's grace, um, have four children and I have seen, I've seen the, the, the level of hunger, taste and passion that they chase, they go after food. It is, I mean, it is almost as if, as if they've been starved. I mean, that is a characteristic of children. They are just naturally reaching out. They are excited about food. You see the adverts on TV? They put children out there to express that excitement about food, delicious food and all. We want to just be like that. Every child, the last point here on on every child, uh, on moving from maturity to child likeness. Every child is teachable. Every child is teachable. Every child is teachable. Every child is teachable. If we truly going to build the laws and the systems of the kingdom in the very environments that we find ourselves, we want to remain under the instruction of the Holy Spirit. We want to live our lives being led and instructed and directed by the Holy Spirit, not because we know, not because we can see visions, not because we can hear the voice of God. It says that you will hear the voice of the Lord behind your ears telling you this is the way you should walk in. That life must be consistent and totally dependent on a teachable existence. Listen, the children of Israel, the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, it says that um, the Lord spoke to them and said that this is the way we walk in it, but they said we shall not walk in it. We don't want to live in that place of rebellion. We want to live in that place of maturity in God, which is childlikeness. Now, on learning maturity, let's look at it. On learning maturity. I pray, yes, I should be able to get through today's uh, last introduction. Then next week, I can begin to talk specifically about principles of system building. Principles of system building. And learning maturity. John chapter 12, 21, the verses 18 and 19. The NIV translation. John chapter 21, the verses 18 and 19. I tell you the truth. This is what Jesus is saying, so pay attention. I tell you the truth. When you are young you were able to do as you like. You dressed yourself and went wherever you uh, wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. When you are old. You know, so you see, Jesus is using a natural existence to express a spiritual reality. Jesus said, this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would be glorified. Then he said to him, follow me. He told Peter, follow me. When you are young, ABCD happens to you. But when you are old, then ABCD happens to you. So you, Peter, at this point, follow me. Unlearning maturity is, is learning humility. Unlearning maturity is learning humility. Unlearning maturity is learning humility. To unlearn maturity is to dispense of the programmed loyalty, the self-handless of competence when you are young. When you are young here, actually means that you are competent in your services. You do whatever you like to do. You go wherever you want to go. And that is maturity in the flesh. When you are young, you are full of this posterity and you go anywhere. All this self-competence, handless of life and ways, ah, you begin to 
dispense of them in yieldedness and absolute dependence of on the Lord. Bible says that they it says that it says that um, uh, the sons of the kingdom shall be led by the Holy Spirit. If you are a son, then you will dispense of your maturity of going anywhere you want to go to. But when you become matured in God, Jesus gave this analogy. When you become matured, he says that you do not dress yourself. Somebody takes you, dresses you up. He takes you to wherever you do not even want to go. That is childlike maturity in God. And learning is trusting one another to be endued with divine competence to the point where he wants. Where we trust God to endure us with divine competence. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand. And others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And learning is therefore entrusting to be endued with competence in heaven, out of heaven. And learning maturity is willingness to submit and go to where the kingdom leads. Where the kingdom leads. Where it overruns our preferences and loyalty. Follow me, Jesus said in the verse 19. Follow me, Jesus said in the verse 19. Unlearning maturity, unlearning maturity is dying to all our ways and, 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 and self-principle so that God will be glorified through evident, evident praxis of the kingdom, practicality of the kingdom, doing of the kingdom, tangibility of the kingdom. It is dying to our ways. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter will glorify God. That he said to him, follow me, follow me, follow me. Now look at Abraham. Abraham was called at age 75. You would have thought that was maturity. But Abraham started following God and following the voice of God age 75. Very, very malleable to be turned and burned and to be used by God. Abraham, age 75. At this point, you can imagine how Abraham had become fossilized. Look at Moses. He was called at age 80. Ministry began at age 80. Look at Caleb, age 80. Age 80, that is when he started a pursuit and learning maturity is the only way of existence. I'm going to touch on two principles within this six minutes and I'm done. And learning maturity therefore requires that, I'm uh, sorry, <laughs> stepping and receiving the kingdom therefore requires, we'll just, look at, we'll just look at the principle of moving from life to death. It's where we die to our ways. We'll just look at maturity to childlikeness, which is maturity in God. And we, 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 we want to look at moving from sight, seeing to blindness. Moving from sight, seeing to blindness. Moving from sight, seeing to blindness. There is a song in our local, one of our local palaces here. And um, part of it goes like, if you know how to fight your own battles, God will not fight for you. If you know how to talk and speak and defend yourself, the Lord will not defend you in a courtroom, something like that. Now, if we know how to see and we continue to see, then we are therefore blind. In the book of Revelation, we saw that the Lord spoke to a church and said that you said you, you are rich, but you are poor. You said you are seen, but you are blind. 
You said you are clothed, but you are naked. That is what it is in the kingdom. If we're truly going to build the kingdom, we must move from that place of I am clothed. We must move from that place. I am mature. I have the ability to see. I have the capacity to hear and come into the place of subjugation, submission, so that the Lord will give us eyes to see. To see the kingdom, you must be born again. This is a very important principle. If somebody is not born again, you're on this call, you're watching this video, you must give your life to Jesus Christ. In John chapter 3, the verse 3, it says, unless you become born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, to the believer who is born again, this born again experience, we ought to live in the echo of it for the rest of our lives, where we are getting born again. The word, the word, the word repent, therefore, is metanoia. When we are repenting, we are getting born again, we are getting a renewed life and renewed understanding each day. So to gain sight of the kingdom is to become blind. To really get sight of the kingdom is to become blind so that you can see. In Acts chapter 90, we see of Paul. I'm not able to, Saul, who became Paul. I'm not able to go read all of that. But we know the story on his way to Damascus. The Bible says there was a light that shone and it struck him and he fell upon his horse. And he went instantly blind. He was pursued. Look at this rapid, rapid, rapid Pharisee who is in motion. Why? The Bible says, as he journeys. As he journeys. I mean, there seems to be worth to rabid, blind Pharisees um, 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 to, who is pursuing the cause of God blindly, who but in a journey. There seems to be some worth to, to this person than one who is not in a journey. So we need to be in this journey of being blind. He was struck with lightning and he fell to the ground and the Lord spoke. And he answered, what do you want from me, my Lord? What do you want me to do for you, Lord? What do you want me to do for you, Lord? He lost all of his cause. He lost all of his pursuits. He lost all of his agenda. He lost all of his plan. What, what do you want me to do for you, Lord? He acknowledges his lordship. You know, the lordship of the high priest and the leaders of the day that he obtained his credentials and authorizations from. While he journeys, there is worth to rabid, blind Pharisee who is locked up in religiosity, but while he was on the way. There is an opportunity. When we get on the way, even in, even in our rabid religiousness, and we begin to pursue, while he's on the way, there is a manner in which God comes through to begin to bring redemption. Blindness, sorry, to gain sight of kingdom laws and system does not live in a place of seeing or sight and seeing, but it lives in a place of blindness. And there's no one that can see the kingdom without being blind. And therefore, I want to say this, sight of the kingdom is actually basic to the born-again experience. I mean, it's not, it's not basic to the prophet, please. It's not basic to the prophet. Seeing, hearing, feeling, sensing, knowing the voice of God and sight of the kingdom, it is elementary to being born again. Are you born again? 
then begin to see even now. Are you in that process of wildly journey and continue to go through the transformation? Begin to see right now. I pray that the Lord will give us that understanding and open us to see clearly. Let me conclude here. Let me just conclude here. So we have to discard our own ideas and ways. We have to discuss our earth-based philosophies. God bless you. Next week, I'm going to start looking at principles of system building. We have to build. Life is not done haphazardly. Life is not in this array. Listen, if we build and we build structure, the Lord begins to feel it. The templates are in the scriptures. When the tabernacle was set, the Lord filled it. When the tabernacle was set, the Lord filled the glory of God filled it. When um, um, Solomon finished the temple, the Bible says he filled it. He says that I walked past the garden of a lazy man and I saw that the walls were broken, thorns and thistles had covered it all. Then I looked upon and I, I understood and I was instructed that a little folding of, of hands, a little slumber, a little sleep, then poverty shall come on you like an arm robber, like an arm bandit. Listen, friends, it is wonderful to bring you the word of God as we continue to press into the kingdom of God. Remember that the kingdom of God is never allowed or bound up in the power of self-life. It's never bound up in our own maturity. It's never bound up in our sight and our ability to continue to see. But they are all bound up in moving from self-preserving life into death. Precious is the death of a saint. Therefore, it's a good thing to die. It is bound up in moving from maturity to childlikeness, so that we can be vulnerable, innocent, blank as a baby, that he can write on us again. We can be incompetent in trusting his competence. We can be inexperienced in allowing him to bring us through into becoming um, um, a people of experience. We can we can step into his godliness and the power of holiness. He has, a, he has chosen him as a son by the power of holiness. My God. We can be full of desire and passion to hunger every day and be teachable. The kingdom of God will not allow us access, power to build if we continue to see. God bless you. Um, Zorina, God bless you so much. I love that statement. God write on me all over again. All over again, write on me. Blank as a baby, write on me, write on me, write on me. Because our brains are open, our hearts are open to receive from you. Write on me. Theophilus, God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you for being on the call. God bless you so much, Gilda. God bless you. God bless you. So we bless God for today. And, and, and we look forward to this evening. If you're in Ghana, please join us this evening at 4.30 p.m. as we lift up our voices. To worship God. Yesterday's meeting was one of an explosive time. I mean, I mean, everybody that was in that meeting, whether in Zoom um, or physically, you carry the evidence in your heart that God truly was among us. God bless you. I'll see you again next week as we discuss principles of system building on the back of kingdom laws and systems. See you, and it's bye-bye for now. He's in this place calling us for more, calling us for more, calling us for more, calling us for more. Thank you, Lord.
take us deeper. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Let's go. 